Welcome everyone to the Texas Values Radio Show. Happy Wednesday. If you're listening live, happy whatever the day of the week it is that you happen to be listening or watching. I'm Jonathan Covey filling in for Jonathan Signs this week. We've got a great show lined up for you with a very special guest and some incredible things going on. But before we get to that, just as a reminder to you, you can catch us every week on this station, KTX W1120 The Bridge, or you can watch us on demand on Facebook every week on this station. Um, you, you can also, um, also if you've got to know anything we've talked about, uh, you can find tons of great info on our website at txvalues.org, and you can stay up on breaking news and information through our text alerts by texting TXVALUES, that's T-X-V-A-L-U-E-S, to 797979 to get text alerts from our policy team. Our guest today is Riley Gaines, University of Kentucky competitive swimmer, NCAA 12-time All-American, five-time American SEC swimmer, now a fierce advocate for fairness in women's sports and, and the unfairness of having biological males take opportunities from women and compete in their sports. Riley, welcome to the program. Hello, it's so good to talk to you again. Um, we are en route, so. <laughs> Absolutely, well, thank you for taking time to join us. I know you have a busy schedule um, as well. Well, um, where to start? I mean, if you believe the NCAA, apparently men are the best women. And in the recent past, we've not only had national headlines about a biological male, Leah Thomas, formerly Will Thomas, allowed by the NCAA not only to compete in women's swimming competitions, but also who in many cases annihilated competitors unfairly. And yet you competed and you tied with him. Give us a little bit of background on you and your story. Yes. So Last year was my senior season at the University of Kentucky, and about halfway through our season, we started seeing these times being posted by this female athlete from what we knew at the time, who was from University of Pennsylvania, who out of nowhere their senior year was posting the fastest times in the nation, ranging from events like the 100 freestyle, which is a sprint, to the mile, which is long distance, which is unheard of to have one person leading the nation and the sprint and long distance and everything in between. And so we were struck by this. We were like, who is this person? We've never heard of them. Um, senior year comes out of nowhere from UPenn to post these times. Um, it didn't make much sense until an article was posted disclosing that this swimmer who was Leah Thomas, we found out, was in fact, formerly Will Thomas, who swam three years on the men's team at UPenn. And so, when we found this information out, we were shocked, but almost relieved in a sense where we thought the NCAA would never allow this person to compete with us at our NCAA championships, given the fact that we now knew after looking up Will Thomas, that Will Thomas highest ranking was in the 500s and 600s as a male. And so all of the blatant facts were right in front of the NCAA to know that this was unfair and wrong for the female athletes. But we were proven very wrong when the NCAA said that Leah Thomas would be competing with the women. Um, and that first day we watched Leah Thomas win a national title, becoming the fastest female um, in the 500 freestyle in the country. Um, and that next day is when Thomas and I raced each other and we raced the 200 yard freestyle um, to which we tied. And so upon tying, we go behind the awards podium where the NCAA official hands out the trophies, um, but he looks at me and says, great job. 
we don't really account for ties in terms of trophy. We only have one, so we're going to give it to Leah. And so I asked him, I'm like, okay, like I understand you don't account for ties, but can I ask you why you're giving this trophy to Leah? Um, and clearly they weren't prepared to handle the situation because he looks at me and says, well, for photo purposes, Leah has to have the trophy. We'll mail you one. Um, and that's when it kind of hit me that we as female athletes have to be the ones to speak up about this. I think up until this point, we were all waiting for someone else to do it, including myself. I thought surely there would be some one like a coach or someone with political power or someone within the NCAA to stick up for us um, and really stick up for what Title IX was created to protect, but that's not what we were seeing. And so I, at that point, kind of took it upon myself to put a face and a name with this issue. Wow, it's incredible. And, um, you know, you're talking about the, um, you know, just how you were inspired to start speaking up on this issue as well. And um, the, the NCAA is holding their, um, their national convention in San Antonio this week at the Henry B. Condila Center. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the rally that's being planned. Texas Values is going to be part of this rally um, to support fairness in women's sports. Yes, so we have created a coalition of groups all across the nation um, who feel that female sport, female sports should be kept for just females. And so we've created this coalition who will all be there on the ground in San Antonio. Um, and this is significant because San, or at this NCAA conference is where the NCAA will be announcing their NCAA Woman of the Year which is the highest honor for collegiate female athletes. Um, it's an award that encompasses your character, um, of course, your athletic achievements, but also your community service and your academics. So it's something that just really embodies contributing member of society while also being a phenomenal athlete. So it's a huge honor. Um, and I received the University of Kentucky's nominee I, when I found out I was just ecstatic because coming from the University of Kentucky we have Abby Steiner who's a world champion in track we had the number one WNBA draft pick in basketball so many amazing female athletes and so when I found out I was their nominee I was so humbled and just honored um, but then the NCAA released a full list of nominees to which with no surprise they have nominated Leah Thomas as woman of the year um, and this is just so heartbreaking to those girls at UPenn who, across all sports, who have dedicated their whole lives to their sport and to their academics and to their service to get totally overlooked by someone who hasn't even spent 5% of their life as a female. Um, so I think it will be just great to put our voices out there. Um, no one thus far has really been vocal and protesting the nomination of Leah Thomas for this award. And so I'm stoked to see all the amazing female athletes who are finalists, who um, will potentially win this award, but to even be up against a man is so devaluing and disrespectful and disregarding of what the physical limitations of a female body can do. Now, I want to get back to that because I, I would like to talk really quickly about some of the differences, but you guys have a um, have a petition as well that you'll be presenting, correct? Correct. Um, we've created a petition that all of these different groups, including Texas Value, pushed around, and I believe we've garnered almost 
8,000, somewhere between the eight to 10,000 range of signatures. Um, and like I said, these are signatures from across the nation, really across the world. Um, and so we're so grateful to Texas Values to help push this. Um, I know that Texas has been foundational across so many different pieces of legislature, and I don't foresee a difference in um, this issue. So I'm just so grateful for you guys who have helped to push this petition because this is something that we need the NCAA to see that majority of the people, while we might not be the loudest, majority of the people are not okay with what's happening and how females aren't having equal opportunities. Well, I mean, eight to 10,000 signatures is, is incredible. And, and hopefully this gets um, some attention. We, we, um, we have just been so honored to be able to help push this petition as well. Um, and get those signatures. And of course, um, you know, in Texas, last session we passed HB 25, which was uh, protecting fairness in high school and middle school sports. Um, but uh, do you know, do you happen to know of kind of some of the things that are going on around the country, if there are other states uh, working on this issue and what's happening in, in a couple of those? Yeah, there are. There's lots of different states who are now introducing um, this same type of legislature. I believe up until this point, there's about 22-ish, um, it might be a little higher or so states that have passed a similar bill um, protecting anywhere from K to 12th grade females in high school or elementary and middle school sports. And so um, definitely as these new legislative cycles are happening and in session, it's something that is being pushed by a lot of states. Um, there have been several states who have reached out to me personally and asked to testify or asked if I could help find someone in their state who would be willing to use their voice. And so that's why I'm hopeful that this is going in the right direction. Um, people are waking up to the fact that, you know, when you hear someone who is transgender, you think they fully transitioned. Um, you think this is someone who has gone through all of the reassignment surgeries and has hormone levels that are computable and comparable to, to females, but that is not what we're seeing. Um, to identify as a trans woman or a woman, um, but being biologically male, all you have to do is say, I identify as a woman. Um, the spectrum for transitioning is huge. And so I think people are starting to realize that no matter where you stand on the political spectrum, you don't want your daughter having to expose herself and be exposed to someone with male parts um, who just says they're a woman. And so I think people are waking up to the fact that um, this isn't something that's inclusive and this isn't something that is um, protecting everyone. This is something that is very much harming females and is actually exclusive. Physiologically speaking, what, what are some of the, the differences and some of the advantages that a male might have over a female in some of these sports? Yeah. Um, well, speaking specifically from swimming, obviously there's height. Um, but then, of course, you have people say, oh, well, there's tall females, too. And that's true. Um, but you have things like your lung size and capacity. Those things, even with hormone suppression, will never be changed your heart size. And of course, these are things crucial for swimming because it, you know, you need oxygen to oxygenate your, your muscles and such. And so even something as silly as men have a 40% larger throat than women. Um, it sounds insignificant, but these are all little things that contribute to success um, majorly that you might not think about. Not having any sort of breast tissue, 
um, that's a huge advantage. So there's lots of little things that add up to make men so much better um, than women in sports. And, then not, and that's not to say that women can't accomplish incredible things and aren't strong in their own ways, but the physical limitations that our bodies have in comparison to males um, is obvious and should be accounted for in terms of our, our categories. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Riley Gaines, University of Kentucky competitive swimmer, and um, some critical issues relating to fairness in women's athletics. Uh, just as a reminder, if you do uh, find value in the work that we're doing, consider going to our website at txvalues.org and uh, making a donation there. None of the work we do, including this radio show, would be possible without supporters like you um, faithfully giving and keeping us going. So um, just to continue with it, our, our kind of our uh, stream of thought, Riley, I want to get your thoughts here because, you know, I feel like we've reached a kind of a pivot in this argument made by like trans activists for the longest time. The trans agenda was presented as this sort of kind of a polite fiction, you know, playing along with a small number of people who wanted to be the other sex. And then the movement told us, they assured us that these things would uh, never happen. You wouldn't have this forced. But then Leah Thomas comes along and the harms are very obvious. Uh, displacement of female athletes uh, and women having to share locker rooms with men, all on a very national public scale. Um, and the trans movement, instead of showing that there's kind of a limit to their demands, they've essentially pivoted to these things saying that um, men um, and, and women have to compete together. And this is just really, really good. It's a sign of progress. Uh, and basically that we better get used to it. Um, your thoughts on that? You're exactly right. They have essentially forced this on us without any forewarning, um, especially in the conversation of the locker room. We had no idea at our NCAA championships that we would be in there with a 6'4 male who has male parts who is actually still active with women. We had no idea that was happening and they didn't, we didn't have to provide any sort of consent for that. And so now not only is it happening at an alarming rate, your stance has been made for you in so many cases, especially at the collegiate level. You have these universities who are saying, you know, we've made this stance, this is how we feel, um, and you can't speak out about it. And so not only are you thought to feel wrong for feeling like you don't want to compete or change with men, um, you're told you're transphobic, you're told you're a bigot, you're told you don't live a life like Christ, you're told you're hateful, all of these different things for just wanting equal opportunity. Um, and so it's gone to this extreme that has forced so many people to be terrified or emotionally blackmailed or just in, threatened into not using their voice. And so that's why it's just crucial that we have more people in the position that I was in, um, meaning present female athletes who are willing to say, this is not something we will withstand. Where, what does Title IX say about all this? Well, the Biden administration has technically rewritten Title IX to where now there's no mention of sex. It is just gender identity, which is bigger than just sports at this point. This is meaning that biological men can take awards in terms of academics from females. Um, they can live in dorm rooms with females and you have no say in it. Um, there's no getting out of it. Um, so they 
have tried to slyly fly under the radar in rewriting Title IX, which is something that's been in place for 50 years. Um, so they think this is progressive. They think we're moving forward, but really what's happening is they're taking us back 50 plus years to before Title IX. So, um, you know, we have folks listening to this broadcast all over Texas. Uh, to what can people who are who are listening to this, what can they do to help protect this fairness in women's sports? Well, they can first and foremost still sign the petition. Um, we actually have the printed out copy that we will be handing directly to the NCAA already printed, but the more signatures we can garner, the better. Um, that is crucial in letting these people know that this isn't a small majority who are just transphobes that feel this way. Majority of people in this country do not want women's sports to lose all sort of integrity. Um, so that's what can happen. Um, but really just making sure you're following along with breaking stories. The media loves to portray that this whole topic is something that is just kind of a one-off or it's not really happening or it's a non-issue but that is so far from the truth this is happening at an alarming rate that's just being underreported um or kind of lost because it's not an elite female athlete being affected um but i can promise you whether it's an elite female athlete or someone who's in fifth grade playing you know tennis it doesn't matter. No female should have to compare themselves to a male. Um, there's so many negative effects that this has, including, I, I read a study the other day that said 94% of um, CEOs and large contributors of uh, companies are past female athletes, collegiate female athletes. And so this is something that isn't just affecting your athletic career. If women start losing out on scholarships and opportunities and titles and such, this is something that will affect your lifelong skills that you develop that will help your career. And so this is just something that's a lot bigger than sports. And I don't think people realize that. No, it seems like um, getting the word out is, is an important part of this sure. as well and making sure that people are informed about it. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Riley? I think I'm just excited to all be down there together. That's that's really what's going to make this so special and so powerful. Um, I have just started working with Independent Women's Forum. Um, so we will be there. Of course, Texas Values will be there. We have icons. I mean, so many amazing groups. And I think what's also pretty special is all of these groups fall all around the political spectrum. Um, it's not just right-leaning groups or moderate groups. Um, we have some left-leaning groups who are very passionate about this. And so this is something that's bringing people together. Um, and so I think that's really powerful. And I also think it's worth noting that the NCAA has a new president who will be um, officially inducted in March. And so it's hopeful that we can really make a, a, a name and a voice for ourselves um, for this issue and really catch him on this at the forefront of his presidency. Um, he was a Republican governor in Massachusetts. His name is Charlie Baker. And so I, I'm truly hopeful that we will get in front of him and we will let our voice be heard. Let everyone who signed the petition voice be heard. We're fighting for more than just ourselves here. And so I'm just stoked to get down there to see you guys um, and to really fight for this. Well, yeah, no, we are super excited to uh, be down there. Texas Values 
being down there as well and um, and seeing you and seeing some of the other uh, great uh, athletes down there as well. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, folks can go and still sign our sign the petition um, on our website, txvalues.org. Um, as well as, you know, keep keeping all of this in prayer and keeping keeping folks in prayer for uh, as they stand up for this issue. Riley, thank you so much for joining us. We know you uh, you have a lot to do and you've got things going on. So we're going to go ahead and let you go as well. But we appreciate you being guest on the Texas Values Radio Show. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to seeing you. Looking forward to seeing you as well. Thanks so much. Well, there is some good news Um from a legal standpoint, we've actually had um, two important victories recently in our efforts to uphold this truth that we're created um, that says that, that only male and female were created. And those differences matter for privacy and fairness in sports. Just about a week and a half ago, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals sitting on bank, and this means uh, it's a ruling by the entire Court of Appeals, and not just a three-judge panel. They upheld a policy of a Florida school district that maintained separate restrooms um, on the basis of biological sex. And in the ruling, the judge said that the policy didn't violate the Equal Protection Clause and it didn't violate Title IX. So uh, reading just a little snippet of this uh, from the judge's opinion, it says that while Bostock uh, held that discrimination um, based on homosexuality or transgender status necessarily entails discrimination based on sex, that statement is not in question in this appeal. This appeal centers on the converse of that statement, whether discrimination based on biological sex necessarily entails discrimination based on transgender status. It does not. A policy can lawfully classify on the basis of biological sex without unlawfully discriminating on the basis of transgender status. So this is called the Adams decision. And it's an important ruling because we now have a clear uh, circuit split uh, between the 11th Circuit and the Fourth Circuit. Some of you remember the Fourth Circuit decision on this issue being called the Gavin Grimm case. We don't know yet whether the case is going to be appealed uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court, but it does seem likely that the court is going to have to address this issue very soon. We also, ha um, we also had a victory just last week. Um, out of West Virginia, having to do with a challenge to the state's Save Women's Sports Act. Uh, the case involved a middle school male who identified as a girl who wanted to compete on the female sports team. The judge in this case uh, had issued a preliminary injunction against the law in 2021, but then in a in a complete surprise, the judge actually, who's he's a Clinton appointee, he actually reversed his prior decision. He upheld the West Virginia law and he dismissed the student's challenge. So this was a, a surprise, but a great victory. And it's it's great to be able to see that we're having some of these victories in the judiciary so that we see that uh, we're moving forward on this issue, not, not only in the legislature, but we also have the courts upholding these laws as well. Well, we are coming to the end of our show, but we wanna thank our faithful listeners and supporters and say that if you find value in the work that, you're, that we're doing, you can make a donation by going to our website at txvalues.org 
Also, we're looking for interns for our Austin office. So if you know someone who might be interested in interning for uh, our organization, you can email us at info at txvalues.org. Also, we are hiring for a full-time position with our policy team, and you can see that position um, in the same place. Uh, if you think you might be the right candidate to make a difference for faith, family, and freedom, you can go to txvalues.org forward slash opportunities and check out our uh, open positions. Uh, just as a reminder, we're also on 100.7, the word FM. Uh, and as always, if you want any more information about the work that Texas Values does, you can visit our website at txvalues.org and our microsite at texasheartbeatlaw.com. Remember, government belongs to those who show up. And here at Texas Values, we're dedicated to being your voice in government your boots on the ground for conservative and social issues, and the leading group in Texas for faith, family, and freedom. We want to thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again here next week, right here on the Texas Values Report.